Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. What a block, what a win from Paige's proud puffins as Wales surge up their qualifying group and elsewhere some minnows get crushed. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, 31st of March. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushina Hunteraja. Do you think it'll catch on? I, I think that it's great to hear you go into bat Against Marcus in the intro wars. <laughs> intro wars. What do you think, Fish? I liked it. I enjoyed it. The puffins. What are puffins known for? Being Welsh. Well, I don't, I don't know. Think so. But I went. I sadly. Are puffins real? Yes. <laughs> of course they are. It's dodos that are extinct. Yeah. So puffins. I went to Wales specifically to see puffins. Do you remember oh. when I went on my famous camping trip because I'd never been in a tent before and like there was no other options. Yeah. Perhaps see how the other half live, isn't it? Last time. <laughs> It was literally that, yeah. And, it's a reality uh, show. The, the, pu- <laughs> the puffins, we went to see the puffins, but the puffins have fucked off to the Atlantic. Right. Because that's what they do. And apparently in most of the summer, they go and just bob about on the ocean. But they're on an, a little island just So are they, are they like weird penguins? Are, like, are they kind of like knock-off knock off penguins? In Iceland and all the Faroe ones, they catch them in big nets. <gasps> Why do they do that? No. To eat them. Oh, no, I'd never eat a puffin. Well, there you go. Well, it depends if it was tasty. I yeah. wouldn't know, even if it was. Well, puffins are like my faves, basically. I thought the raccoons were your fave. Of the birds. Because okay. birds aren't that good, are they, as animals, generally speaking? They're pretty sick. They can fly. <laughs> Don't see you flying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm jealous. So, yeah, I'm not that fussed about birds generally. Dodo's my favourite bird, but as discussed, but, is, is extinct. But the Welsh dragon is the, um, is the big emblem. So I don't think I don't think really if if you're gonna if you're gonna go into bat in the big World Cup qualifier against not into bat that's cricket you're gonna play <laughs> against a big a big Welsh dragon you're gonna be intimidated if you're gonna play against eleven Welsh puffins you're probably less worried about it 
So that's probably what they haven't got. I know, they, the that'd be quite disarming, wouldn't it? Especially if you imagine if you see them like lining up together doing the national anthem. That'd be quite sweet, wouldn't it? You couldn't bring yourself to, you know, harm them. It would be really Unless quite... you wanted to eat them. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's what they get up to on the Faroe Islands. But anyway, sadly, the Czech Republic were not capable of harming, delightfully, the, the Czech Republic were not capable of harming the proud puffins of well, Wales. Patrick Schick had a, had a go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. 1-0 the final score there, both sides down to 10 men in the end. Yeah, let's kick off with that then. Did you think it was a decently given red? Should they both have had a red? Was justice served ultimately? I thought justice was served. I thought, I thought it was the right decision by the referee to send off Patrick Schick and to book the Welsh player, who then I thought was unfortunate to get a second yellow. Ooh, I don't know if you guys okay. thought so. No, I, I thought the second yellow was justified. I thought the... Um, so Conor Roberts, that was. So yeah. you thought yes, he, yeah, yeah. You thought, because I thought there was something of the equivalence in their tussle. There, there was, but... Up it, to a bit. But there was always that point where yeah. you, you need to, if, if you're in that situation as a footballer, you need to make sure that you receive the final blow. Yes, and go down. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the way he... But the way the way everyone goes down. I always down. hate that. To be yeah. honest. There was quite there was a moment when um when Dan James was running through into the penalty area and he got taken down by a quite physical tackle, which won the ball. Yeah. And it was the perfect just because it's not a penalty, it doesn't mean it's a booking for a dive. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought this was another example of that little grey area where Wales got on the right side of that one with the way that uh Roberts was able to take the hit. But he took the hit, right? And he went back just as he naturally would do. I guess this is the standard way of doing it. So he went back as you would have taken the hit if you were just being normal. Mm. And then the moment as he stepped back, he then did the yeah. massive throw yeah. himself onto the floor thing. Yeah, that, that was quite embarrassing. I quite like someone on um, <laughs> someone on Twitter said, oh, we should win an Oscar for that. And I was like, mm. the Oscars aren't awards for shit acting. That was crap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why do people say that? that I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's a good if, point. If, if every single person watching had been totally convinced he was really hurt... Then bring the Oscars out. <laughs> Everyone knew straight away. You don't you don't see a guy come on to a big screen. It's a good point, Fish. You know, someone walks in who's never acted before and gets into a tussle with Harrison Ford in like Raiders <laughs> yeah. of the Lost Ark. And then five seconds after he's been hit with the whip, throws himself on the floor, <laughs> puts his hands in his face, and then gets up again. And everyone starts clapping and go, give him an Oscar. It's bullshit. That it's might like, don't make any sense. No, that might explain why Leonardo DiCaprio was overlooked for so long. He's just too good, mate. Sorry, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, we really did think you were a racist. We couldn't give it to you. <laughs> the, gold, the golden raspberries is what you should be talking about, which is dished out specifically for terrible performances. And then he did the film where he got um, sexually assaulted by a bear, and they were like, brilliant. Here, yeah. have one. I think I've missed that one. Um, some of you won't be getting any Oscars or the reverse of an Oscar, Joe Rodon celebrating that bloody block. Come on. That's no, give him the Oscar. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect That Because he's living it. That yeah. He really bloody meant that. I loved how they all celebrated with him at the end as well, getting a big bear hug off Gareth Bale. At least 50% of that celebration for that block was for Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> he, knew he, he knew he'd be watching. He, he thinks, you know what? Last 10 minutes, Jose might be watching. <laughs> I need to show him what I'm all about. I reckon, I reckon Jose switched off as soon as Bale crossed that ball in for Dan James. That <laughs> yeah, right. no. turn it off. Yeah, yeah not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but to see here. That was, was a great cross. Though. It was. So you see goalkeepers ref, um, goalkeepers celebrating saves quite a lot more now, right? So, mm. um, and on, on the latest version of FIFA, the keepers seem to sa- to celebrate every save. It's like it's like hardwired into the game and it becomes quite tedious. But some some keepers do do it. I don't think you see defenders do it as much, but the passion with which Joe Roden chucked into it, 
I thought was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a legitimate reaction to the situation was, as well, it was. wasn't it? Because obviously yeah. the Czech Republic had a man sent off and then there were the two yellows for Conor Roberts. So then, you know, they looked like they made have, might have lost their advantage. And then right at the death, loads of chances. I'd like to have seen them reversed. I'd like to have seen Conor Roberts celebrate the, the, the punch and Joe Rogan <laughs> pretend he was really hurt when he blocked. Oh, that'd be good. Like Stephen Taylor. Basically, yeah. I'm asking for Stephen Taylor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Newcastle Stephen Taylor is what I'm That's after. how you'd rewrite. But little Dan James popping up with a big towering header. I couldn't believe my eyes. That's what he does, mate. What he does. <laughs> it's really not what he does. If I'd seen a, if I'd seen a, a, a quick flick of it and I was commentating, I reckon I would have gone through every outfield player as a guess of yeah, who oh, scored yeah. that before yeah, yeah, I got yeah. to Dan James. Yeah. There, was a, there was an angle, I think probably in real time, actually, so from the normal broadcast angle, where because he's so small... <laughs> It, it looks like it rolls down his face. And then, it probably did. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as if he's got like a curved chin and it just comes off do, like do that. You, do you think a lot of, um, this is a slightly different point, but do you guys think a lot more than you'd expect in replay headers come off shoulders and they still go in? Yes. It happens yeah. a lot more than you think it would happen. As in it knocks from the head to the... Shoulder. Yeah. Or sometimes they go to head it and, it, and they hits miss the it shoulder, and it hits the shoulder yeah. and goes in anyway. Yeah, no, it, it's, right. uh, it's basically like the heading equivalent of when you have the sides up in 10-pin bowling. Yeah, because so so it, it actually ends up just going straight rather than yeah. like glancing off. And I'm yeah. just, um, imagine if it bounced off both shoulders like a ten pin bowling, and eventually went. Oh, that'd be good. Like yeah. pinball, imagine if you could do that. <laughs> but I was really impressed with little Dan James, and the thing I liked about it as well is that you know I, I don't mean to turn this into a negative, particularly for all of our Welsh listeners. Oh no! But like he knows as well as we do that he's not good enough for Man United. So it's great. To, <laughs> How have you done this? So it's great to he's see him for his country flourishing in international football are you about to say the same of Gareth Bale like what is about, what is happening here Gareth Bale probably isn't good enough for Man United at the moment is he uh, no, I wouldn't say so no. no so it does count but but there was a time when you could probably get 50 caps for Wales and not really feature much for your club and so Dan James is in a safe safe area there and he's flourishing and I'm not having to go at him necessarily but I think he perhaps would be better off having to move somewhere else in his club football but his international football stuff seems fine I think that's a. Um, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily agree because I think it's a little bit harsh. But I do agree with the sentiment because it was something that I thought about when you saw the road on celebration, mm. where I thought like Wales have always had this sense of togetherness, and a lot of it I I thought kind of you know in the from the nineties came from being bit by players at their clubs to coming together and. Not just being in the first team, but but fighting for something and fighting for something together. And it was almost like they saved yeah. their energy, but also their not necessarily saved their enthusiasm, but they basically they were all getting a go. So it felt like they were all in it together. Now, despite the fact that they have established players playing for good teams who are getting regular minutes, they've still got hold of that. And you saw it with not just with the celebration of the block, but also like Gareth Bale celebrating a throw in. And even just the way yeah. they I all feel like Gareth Bale's a goal. huge part of that. Yeah, and he I know is. he's got a lot of stick for like Massive. sitting, smiling on the bench at Spurs, but he's clearly a guy who's like a sort of hype man for his for his fellow players. And when you've got a hype man who is that high profile, it makes a huge difference. Because yes, exactly. you think, okay, if he if he's that up for it, then there's no reason for me to give anything less than 100 percent here. Yeah, that's all fair. And I think I think to further clarify my point, which did come across as harsh, I think you, you you've got for a, a team. You've got a team there, the eleven players for Wales there, who a good amount of them, if we're being all totally honest with ourselves, don't get in the first 11 of the top teams that they're contracted to. Whether that's kind of, um, you know, um, Ethan Ampadu, who um, struggled really struggled a great deal to get into the team at Chelsea. Nico Williams doesn't get in the, in the first 11 at Liverpool. Daniel James doesn't get in the first 11 at Manchester United. So let's forget Joe Morrell, who doesn't get into the first 11 at Luton Town. <laughs> Joe Roden doesn't get in the first team at Spurs. 
Um, and um, Harry Wilson is on loan from Liverpool, a championship club, because he can't break into that top team. So it's not meant as a dig. It's more of just a case of the interesting point that I suppose that the managers decide to go for players who are contracted really big clubs but don't necessarily play regular football or loan some on, on loan somewhere else. But what Wales have been able to do, and we saw it four or five years ago in the Euros, they've been able to develop an amazing team spirit and achieve um, a lot more than perhaps would be expected. And you could also apply that to the Ireland team of 25 years ago, whatever, which you're mm. not seeing with Ireland now. So, so the dynamics in international football can be quite interesting. And it does seem to happen quite a lot where players see an international break as like a bit of a reset, a bit of a kind of change of the scenery, let's get stuck in, um, we're all pulling in the same direction here. Um, it's obviously naturally can be more unified because of you know, all sorts of kind of intangible cultural reasons and stuff. So just, just it's a good win for them last night and I, I was pleased for them. Yeah, crucial win in that hunt uh, in Group E, which is a really difficult group. So they're still behind the Czech Republic, one point behind the Czech Republic and obviously Belgium right up top, but they do, Wales, have a game in hand. Uh, Bale on the pitch doing well, but seems to have been irritating quite a lot of people. Well, saying that he had to go back to Real Madrid. He's clarified his situation. Legally, my contract says I have to go back to Real Madrid, which is what I stated. I don't think it's being disrespectful to anybody. That's legally what I have to do. Fair enough. I do think the Bale thing is a little bit more interesting than what's... I mean, he clarified the situation fine. He's, he's been very matter-of-fact about it. But it's the way he said it the first time. Let's not, let's not you know, get, it, get it wrong. The way he said it was construed by some people rightly or wrongly as being a little bit naughty mm-hmm. it wasn't the words themselves was it? do you know what I mean it, it was it was the way he said it. He, he kind of he almost like di- not dismissed the question but like half dismissed the question and it made it sound like to some ears that perhaps he felt he was a little bit better than Spurs. it's hard being a professional footballer isn't it it's really hard how you just have to say stuff all the time and people read whatever they want yeah. into everything you say We've done well out of it. Are you are you are you being sarky there? Because I, I actually agree with that. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree with myself. Asked, yeah, because you get asked so many questions in so oh, many different situations. Yeah, the same question over and over again. And I think he was in a bit of a bind, really, because he's contracted to two clubs essentially. Yeah. So he was always going to piss off one. Yeah. Maybe don't piss off the one that you're actually... I don't think they'll piss off Real Madrid. I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's Gareth again? (laughs) That's what they'll be like. As as Andy Brassel said after we talked about it last time, he was like apparently on... um, on one of the local papers there, it was Gareth Bell threatens to come back. That's the last thing we need. But that's the other great thing we love about international break, isn't it? That quite often people go and talk to their home media and say some slightly more loose things than they normally would. Mo Salah says he's going to... Yeah. He asked whether he wanted to play in Spain in the future. He said, why not? No one knows what's going to happen in the future. So maybe Andy one Brussel day. Makes, yes. Andy Brussel makes absolute um, hay out of that. Just going into into local language oh, yeah, it's during fantastic. international break and just tells you everything that they say. Salah also describes his relationship with Klopp as a normal relationship between two professionals. I thought you guys might want to take that on. What is a normal relationship between two professionals? Depends what the profession is, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're a professional puff, puffing catcher, yes. is, is the puff in the professional as well? Is it a respectful relationship? I would argue not. I think the puff is the victim of your profession, no? Is Jules, does Jules have a professional relationship with Vish? This. Some would have an opinion on that. Tell us. I, well, I think she feels she gets paid to say things to me that she doesn't necessarily need to. Yeah, I, quite hurtful. I would say she's professionally disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of best, of, best of both worlds, really. She's disrespectful, but she's bloody efficient about it. Um, also professionally disrespectful to themselves are Ireland, who drew 1-1 with, with Qatar. They scored a goal. That's good. 
Stephen Kenny still no wins in now 11 games. Qatar, I would say, for the record, are a better team than you might expect, having known that they were, for example, 113th in the world when they were awarded the World Cup. Yeah. And what are they now? About 50-something? Yeah, and they won the Asian Cup as well, beating proper teams like Japan. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. I think I think I wouldn't be an expert in Qatari football, um, but stand I, aside. But I do. Yeah. But you, you're you're well, welcome to continue if you want to. Um, but what I would say is that Republic of Ireland are in a real difficult spot at the moment. Um, perhaps some of it can be applied to the fact that the current manager got the job in a strange situation. It wasn't planned to be that way. Obviously, he was being groomed for the job doing the job he was doing before. Mick McCarthy leaves early because of what happened with the pandemic and it kind of set them all um, a little bit off kilter. Having said that, that is not, for the record, an excuse for losing at home to Luxembourg. That is absolutely unacceptable. And the reality is um, Stephen Kenny's having a really, really difficult time of it. Although we should probably say, I mentioned them earlier, that the kind of big Jack Charlton era of Ireland where they had a lot of great players and had a brilliant team spirit and they would do absolute bits at international level. There was a lot of knocking it along there, though, as well. They weren't... Yeah, I mean, but, but they had a way of playing. It was, That's that was true. effective, they had a, didn't they? They had a system. Exactly. And I don't think you see... the. Uh, we can talk about the tactics, and I think that's probably fair, but we, we don't necessarily see the level of player now at Ireland that they had then. Um, you know, there's there's, a pl- there's plenty of players in that in that squad. I, mean, I think it was Roy Keane that said it. Well, now Roy Keane says a lot of stuff, but he said, you know, yes. you're in trouble when your best player is a 32-year-old right-back you know, in, mm. in Seamus Coleman. So um, it's not a who's who of, of 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 top quality players with respect to Ireland. But they should still be organised enough and be good enough to beat Luxembourg. And they should be good enough to beat Qatar with respect, I think. So it's, it's not ideal for them. And I think because the qualification now for the World Cup is done in a certain way, i.e. you've got to be the top team to qualify automatically, and obviously you get a second chance if you come second, I think it's not too early to say that's probably already gone for them now. So it's going to be a long old hop for them for the rest of the qualification process, I think. I don't know what you think, Fish. Well, Mason, I was going to ask, can I assume the job of host just for a moment? Please. Because um, as someone who used to be on the Qatari coin... You're not getting paid you... anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that true. is a shame. Um, <laughs> you still want to do it? <laughs> so, yeah, look, like so the situation with Qatar was, uh, yeah, they were quite low ranked and then they finagled their way to the top is that fair to say I, I think that you know they weren't doing more rondos in training which is how they've jumped up you know 100 places I okay. think that probably Qatar became a country that was more exciting and valuable to play for when they got a sort of system. they set up a there's a place in Qatar called the Spire Academy that they set up to basically train all sorts of sports including squash that was pipped to the Olympics by breakdancing and you've been oh. writing about in the uh, in the independent I hit the ball against the wall but yeah. move on yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway what, they breakdancing <laughs> The oh, article must have been quite basic. <laughs> um, Do I detect it? Because you are a big squash person, aren't you? Yeah. So talk to me about, um, what's your favourite flavour? No, talk to me about how annoyed you are about it not being to the Olympics because I detected a lot of anger in your voice there. I don't feel today, I don't feel like we've got the time okay, here to go into well, that. Well, I mean, the, the issue was it used to be in the Olympics and then it got taken out. Yeah. No. Has it never been in the Olympics? No, it's never been in the Olympics. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this really isn't the platform, but I can do. We can do a page. We'll do a Patreon on it. Does anyone want to listen to a Patreon of twenty minutes on me? Why it's a disgrace that squash isn't in the Olympics? We can come to, on. Crucially, to we're trying to get people to subscribe to the Patreon, <laughs> so that might be a little bit niche. Sorry. So to actually answer your question, what they did, of course, much like England and cricket, one could argue, is they identified people that they might be able to naturalise. And yeah. therefore, they had a better quality squad. Yeah, mm. but but I mean, just to, to, to get take it back to international football um, this week, 
Did you see that Japan beat Mongolia 14-0? Certainly did. Three of the goals coming in at added time. Bit um, extra injury time. Bit harsh, eh? Yeah. Stop the clock. It always makes me want to find out the Marcus Speller clause, which is how many bookings did Mongolia get? Because if it's not, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable. <laughs> You've got to show a bit of fight. And I, I do think it's disrespectful that they did, added three more goals in injury time. So disrespectful. Minamino got one. Disappointing. Disappointing. His was the opener, wasn't it? Yeah. So he maybe kicked back after that. Yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah. So do you think he was walking up and like, well, that's what you're doing. Leave, yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> Mongolia are at home as well. So, oh, no. Yeah. Find out about the yellow cards right in. Uh, Mishy Batshuayi, Christian Benteke, Donny van der Beek. Yeah. On the score sheet in the 8-0 Belgian win. That one's one for you. Yeah. Fish, you're pleased. I mean, Donny um, van der Beek scoring in International Week feels a bit like everything's coming up Millhouse. It's a bit Dan James, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dan James. Very Man United flavour to this. Yeah. <laughs> and we learned that there were only, oh my goodness, we've got the answer. Four fucking fouls for Mongolia. No cards. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. That's <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, listen, I'm, I think if you, at the very least, you need to start kicking people. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Because then what you can do is you can get sent off an hour in and absolve yourself from quite a lot of the blame. It's actually a really good strategy. In a way, but also get blamed double, I suppose, because you got sent off and let the team down. So forget that. At least you tried to put in a shift, I, I, um, guess, I guess is the angle. I, I find it baffling, and maybe it's because I don't know as much about international football as I think I do, which is absolutely possible, um, that, that I keep seeing Christian Benteke playing, goals for, uh, playing games for Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems a bit weird. I don't know. I, I, we see flashes of it, don't we? I would say he's, he's more effective than Bashwai. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. I think what, he, what do you based, mean by yeah, Come on then. Based on what? Based on the fact that he's better at owning space when he plays up top. He works harder than Batshuayi. And he's all, you know, we've seen flashes of his good finishing that is still there. I can understand why they persist with him. Eight league goals in the last four seasons. Yeah, it's not Yeah, but lot. quite a few of them have come quite recently in the last 12 months. Okay, but what about the other seasons? It doesn't matter. You got you got Lukaku there. You got De Bruyne there. If you want something different, you got um, you know you've got Benteke. Well, you want something different? I would quite like <laughs> a shit version of Lukaku, <laughs> please. Yes. It's not that different. It's just shitter. <laughs> What's better? What would you rather have? The best version of Bashwai or a shit version of Lukaku? <laughs> Because you don't even get that from Bashwai. So. <laughs> uh, Erling Haaland's gone three games without scoring a goal for the first time in his career. That is an incredible stat. That is an absolutely incredible stat from the big man. You have to say. Fraud. It's, am- it's amazing. Fraud. That Very is fraud. I put him incredible. on my four to score and this is how he fucking repays me. I, I, was, I, was read- I was reading about, so my wife's really into figure skating, right? You're doing squash, I'm going to do figure skating. Please. And I think there's a stat about the American figure skater, Michelle Kwan. Right? Okay. Who, I might have got this wrong, so figure skating heads out there, do, do get in touch. I think I'm right in saying either for her entire career or the lion's share of her career when she was actually competing properly, she never finished lower than third in the competition. <laughs> Ever. Fucking hell. So, I mean, that's kind of like Erling Haaland style. Erling Haaland never not scores. It's, 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 it's sure as the sun that Erling Haaland's going to score. So it's how he bounces back from this crushing disappointment. Well, they've been play, playing people like Gibraltar, so it's not... It, yeah, it is a bit of an odd one. Yeah, true. Let's have a quick check-in before we get to the break on the, the Champions League. No announcement yet, but... No. The, the thing that we talked about that I thought it was some sort of pie-in-the-sky thing that was never going to happen, I completely misunderstood that. That, <laughs> that is definitely going to happen. Yeah. Andrea Agnelli's thing that we talked about, what, two two weeks ago? The 36-team Champions League formats where everyone plays the, what was it, the Swiss version, where it's a bit like a chess tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently that's absolutely going to happen, but there was a, due to be a meeting 
to to kind of ratify that that's now been cancelled. So it seems like that's a, a stay of execution rather than a. Well, well, what's really concerning, Kate, is the idea, and the, and the guys chatted about it yesterday, and as 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 related to the national league and to non-league football. What is really concerning, whether you cut it across the very top level, like this Champions League format or grassroots level like the guys talked about yesterday or something really important in a social sense like racism is that the decision makers at the top of the game are completely disconnected from what everyday people think should be happening. No one can look at this 36-team Champions League format and think it's a good idea unless you are a big decision maker at an historically big club. It's, it's, it's a disaster just for scheduling reasons, for example, the English game. I mean, mm. I wouldn't be knowledgeable enough to know about the other leagues, but I imagine it's the same. But, I mean, Vish, surely you, you agree it's, it's, it's an incredible development that, that it kind of beggars belief, really. Does it not make you think that the that talk of the European Super League was done almost to create this yeah. kind of, you know, this, this false spectre in the sky that people were became scared of mm. so that they could force this through. It depends on your perspective, but I would I think you could argue if you if you if you went back fifteen years and or maybe longer than that, say twenty five years, and there was talk if there was talk of a European Super League then, people would like poo poo it and laugh it out of town. But they would never have expected what's happened with the Champions League yeah. now mm-hmm. to have happened. So, so you yeah. could argue definitely that it's been kind of push through the back door. But anyway. not all change is bad, obviously. It just seems like this change what? might be bad. <laughs> what? No, but 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 that but but <laughs> I, I think... you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think they're gonna rely on absolutely that. Like they they're gonna rely on being seen as, you know, pushing things forward and, and changing things from traditional ways. But really this is just the rich getting richer. And it's you know it should be said that the reason that talks have been delayed was that the people who were already privy to these high power conversations weren't happy, happy that they were, or felt they weren't getting enough power. Mm. So, you know, th- those are the only issues here around kind of who's owed what and who will get more, who will get a bigger slice of the pie, really. And okay. I, I think at the worst example of all these machinations at, at that kind of level, the players and, the, and the, the smaller teams are just, sometimes they just feel like they're pawns in this pitch battle between UEFA and FIFA, between the club game and the international game, everyone tries to grab a bit. Mm. Everyone tries to do it, get a bit here and get a bit there. And ultimately, what suffers is the sport, yeah. um, which becomes less and less like the sport that people feel, feel, fall in love with for a really simple way at a young age every single year. And it's, it's a shame. You're right to say that it all changes, but of course, lots of changes for, for the good. But I don't think anyone in decision-making positions at any level of football recently has shown any kind of aptitude for the job. And that's worrying. And it should be worrying for all of us. And endless games of football for these football. I know, obviously, we know they get paid a hell of a lot of money, but it's not necessarily good that they'll be playing endless, endless games of football. What they need is a break. Here's one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson, and My Seven Wonders is my podcast where I sit down with some fascinating guests and ask them one simple question. If you could pick your own seven wonders of the world, what would they be? The guests' choices lead us to some interesting tales, whether it's Omar Jalili being stopped by New York Customs. They brought me in for the interview. They said, so what are you doing there? I'm doing a show with Whippy Goldberg. And the guy said, no, I'm doing a show with Whippy Goldberg, as if you are. And I said, excuse me? I am. That's why I'm going there. And he's doing a show with Whippy Goldberg. <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. Olivia Lee eating 120-pound apples at Soho House. I mean, it is hideously expensive. If I'm just going there once and taking an apple, it's the most expensive apple you'll ever eat. Or David Baddiel talking about his dad's dementia. The other thing he could remember are his regular insults. So still, when you leave my dad, if you say, I'm off, he will say, you've been off for years. And it's it's really comforting <laughs> that he can still abuse you <laughs> in this way. Forget the Taj Mahal and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. The wonders of the world we talk about are much more unique. Listen to My Seven Wonders now on your favourite podcast app. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stakhanov production. If it was me, I would say I'd, I'd try to score that goal. <laughs> candidate to the Puskas Award. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jose, of course you would. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Me, Luke and Vish in your ears today. And I've been looking forward to this all week. We've got a new email jingle. Again, mm. I feel like the listeners have really been excelling themselves more and more. The development, the, the sound production. Here's Joe Horsey today. I haven't heard this one, by the way, Joe, so if it's a load of crap. None of us have heard it. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, he says, as you know, shanty, sea shanties seem to be a big thing at the moment. My dad, John, has been part of such a group for years. It's called Monkey's Fist. Nice. <laughs> I've told my dad he should take advantage of shanties being in vogue at the moment. He's not interested. He's no sellout, apparently. Good on you, dad. Anyway, I convinced him to do a father-son duet with me on this jingle, having been forced to sit through countless smoky folk club sing-arounds as a child, mostly sitting there on his Game Boy, Joe says. <laughs> I can't stand shanties, so this was actually fairly painful for me. Before you play it, can we... Because this is clearly a really sweet thing they've done. Yes. Yeah. I would say, let's try and stop ourselves from being mean. I'm not going to be mean. I love sea shanties and I really want to be a part of my Okay, because I wouldn't be mean. Okay, I love I, all I, musical I, expressions. I'm saying that for me because I fucking hate sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I, I, I'm, I'm normally of the opinion that if you chuck something out there, you're going to have to be judged because it's what happened to me over the last 15 years. <laughs> no, so because I think you. if you chuck something out there, people should be supportive that you're trying right, things. Let's be supportive. Let's play it. Right, Joe. Here we go. Peter's jingle had a good run. We loved it once, but that love's gone. You can get in touch, just email show at footballramble.com. I like it. I don't mind it. That's beautiful. A little bit Alt J, isn't it? That means yeah. you, it's a little bit Alt J. That means you hate it. No, I thought it was good. No, Alt J is nice. I think it's a well worthy part of the rotation. Yeah. And I think yeah. Well, we should hear it again. All right. Let's hear yeah. it after we've read the emails. Has, yeah. someone, gonna, has someone got a couple? I'll, I'll, um, I'll read the first one. This is from Robert Dunn, who says. Um, <laughs> Imagine a match between... You love a Robert Dunn. <laughs> what? What do you mean? She's, she's laughing at a name, Robert Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was actually reading it. I've seen the email now. I was just enjoying it. Okay. You I think thought he was a poet the... anyway. John, uh, John Dunn. Carry yeah. on, go. You think I made the name up or something? Yes. Imagine a match you. between San Marino and Steve Bruce's Newcastle United. Fuck me, I think San Marino would get something. <laughs> See, um, that's the intro. Also, regarding Luke seeing his old house up for sale, my wife's childhood home was on a Cash in the Attic style BBC show mm. and they had done the house up all modern. However, my wife spotted that a small window which she cracked when she was a kid and then put sellotape on still had the sellotape on it and this was at least 15 years later. That is an <laughs> actual email that we're reading on the script. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much for that, Robert. I don't think even you thought that would get on this. So you must be very surprised indeed. Vish, it's over to you. <laughs> I've got one from Samuel Campbell. I think former Northern Ireland international Rory Patterson, now of Dungannon Swifts, deserves a mention on the show for his performance against Glenavon. He came in at half time, missed a penalty, then while being substituted on 59 minutes, Managed to get himself booked twice for descent and was sent off. <laughs> While being say, substituted. Wow. Yeah, you have to say that's an impressive night's work. I mean, that reads to me like he had to be somewhere after an hour. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very precise, isn't yeah. it? It's like the old yellow cards before it, Christmas. Is that the same player who absolutely smashed it for FC United? I think it is. Oh, really? Rory Patterson. Yeah, I think he scored like a ridiculous amount of goals for FC United. Rory, if you're, if you're listening, write in the email... Address in case you missed it is shirtfootballramble.com. Here we go. Peter's jingle had a good run. We loved it once, but that love's gone. You can get in touch, just email show at footballramble.com. I didn't actually listen to the start when we first listened to it. It's nice that they say that Pete's jingle, what was it? Pete's, Pete's jingle, jingle had a good run. Had a good run. Yeah. Has he heard it? Had a better run than it deserved. <laughs> he means it was on there. And he yeah. loved it. He says he loved it. I, I mean, I liked the rest All of it. All this Pete slander. <laughs> it's I not about cannot, Pete. It's about the f- how flat he is when he's singing. Anyway, Jason Mourinho wouldn't let this kind of stuff carry on unchecked. And I'm glad that someone's put their foot down, Luke. Anyway, he's been chatting on about how he doesn't appreciate it when people are being rude about his coaching methods. I mean, fine. I don't think anybody is going to discuss rocket science with the guys from NASA, with everybody around the world. They think they can discuss football with one of the most important managers in the game. I get used to it. Can I just say, I do actually understand his point. Here. I do as well. And, in, mm, yeah. and not to give Squash a second mention of the, uh, <laughs> of the podcast, but I'm about to. That's actually a, f- a funny and interesting thing about squash pros is that people constantly think that they can play them. So they'll be like, because quite often, you know, because it's not, it's not a big game. So you might find that some, like the former world number one is training at your random squash club. And the number of former world number one squash players that I chat with mm. who say, um, you know, blokes like Luke's of this world come up to them and they're like, do you want to hit? Luke's. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, I don't and they're mean, like yeah. 
like James Willstrop or whoever's like, no. Why is it me? I've never even been to a squash club. Why am I involved in this? <laughs> it's, because, it's because you see squash courts, you know, right in front of you. And I think it's because you see managers talking so often that you think, oh, I can go up and, and talk to you about um, yes. about what you do for a living. It's the same, it's the same with cricket. Um, James Anderson, who obviously England's greatest fast bowler, but he has a has a podcast um, and apparently he's found that um, more people now talk to him about the podcast, but before they used to be like, oh, why don't you take five wickets oh, the other day? But it was like, <laughs> well, I tried, mate. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's, it's funny how it's shifted because he's now known for that as well. But isn't it just people are just enthusiastic, right? So they're just excited to go in. Uh, no, but, but cricket is is a sport full of busybodies. Right, okay. Like, a- absolute. I mean, I was going to say something untoward there. <laughs> but, but some of the, you get like, because the numbers are so similar, what happens is you'll get someone who plays for like a fourth eleven, telling England's greatest fast bowler what he should be doing. Basically. Oh, okay, right. He's oh, because got... I got four for 60 the other day. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but you played against children. Yeah, okay. Uh, Fair yeah. enough. But, right. but I, do, I do think that in, in this case with Mourinho, I imagine a lot of it is just that he's chipping off because everyone's got an opinion of it because it's the most important, you know, it's the most popular sport in the world. And I don't think, with the greatest respect, listen, my brother-in-law is literally a rocket scientist at NASA. Hey! And I don't think many people really, really myself included. Brag there. Well, Although you're not genetically related, are you? <laughs> but the point is, the point is... Hopefully you're not genetically related. Not many people, yeah, quite. Not many people know about rocket science. So what are they going, what are they going to ask him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, whereas with this, everyone feels like they know about it. Do you know what I mean? I suppose everyone has an opinion of, of it as well. Because I, I would be fascinated to talk to a rocket scientist about, about rocket science. Just to, you know, just... Really dumb it down for me. Like, tell me listen, about your day today, you? but you I'd listen. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't have an opinion. You'd be like, to have him you thought about making the rockets more pointy? Yeah, like, it just that wouldn't. Happen. What if you sent? A, what if you sent construction workers up there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He also said, I have so many Muranistas around the world that I play for them. I mean, that, that, that is pathetic, isn't it? That should be my name. My people's <laughs> name is Muranistas. Uh, Morons, we got those. <laughs> and I'm King Moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Dyche has also been chatting about things that people, well, things that he gets up to in his house to calm down, I guess. Um, we were playing Arsenal one day, and to avoid overthinking it before kickoff, I started mopping the floor in a pair of ripped boxer shorts and an old t shirt. I misread this. I did this ago, as well. And I thought he was, he was mopping same. it sort of naked. That's but what with I thought. boxer shorts. And it was chilling. It was absolutely chilling. I don't really like Sean Dyche very much. Um, <laughs> and this stuff just grates on me a little bit because I think he's now saying stuff that he, he's, he thinks to himself, what would people expect Sean Dyche to say? You know how Vish is all brave when Jules isn't here? Oh, right, yeah. Do you think I'd be scared of Sean? I probably would be scared of Sean Dyche in real life. I'm sure he's a very intimidating man. He's very tough. I, I would agree with you. I, I think he watched like one episode of Nathan Barley and thought, "Oh, I could do that. I could just say random shit." Yeah, exactly. And then it'll be funny. Like, it doesn't yeah. quite work like that. No, it clearly doesn't work like that. Empirically, it doesn't work <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you don't think it's whimsical? No. I, I, you don't I, like the fact that Ian Wone is in there relaxing on the couch, according to Sean, and said, "Do you reckon Arsene Wenger is mopping the floor with his pants at the?" What moment? is this, by the way? Sorry, is this something turned into like Alan Partridge? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like my cones? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're not into it? No, not really. I mean, they share a flat together, which I like. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of like that. And I like the fact that Danny and Nikki Cowley live next door to each other, the new Portsmouth man. Yeah. Which is quite, quite sweet, isn't it? It is. Um, but other than that, no, I'm not having it. I am having the idea, there was a great, some great stuff come out about Warnock, um, yeah. which is much more my, my um, cup, cup of tea, tea, when he said that, um, <laughs> he just said, said to his team, oh, um, we're playing against Ronaldo. How the fuck are you going to mark him? You're not, are you? So let's get on to it. <laughs> And 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 then and then and then Warnock said apparently 
Um, we lost the game, but we played, we played really well. It's like, well, you lost the game. It's not exactly something to be bragging about, is it? I don't mind that, you know, that way of coaching, because I think, like, there's you don't need to spend too much time on someone like Ronaldo. And I suppose if you can... <laughs> No, but but if you can, um, I don't know, like humanize them by like. So that's a terrible way of humanizing them. You're fucked. He's yeah, seen the size exactly. of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I can imagine it's quite a good way of like cutting the tension in the dressing room if they're I mean, like a bit nervous. That's the opposite of humanizing him, though. Yeah, it is. If you, yeah, if, you, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you took him on like a little secret mission and said, right, Ronaldo's taking the shit, right? Let's go and <laughs> let's break into the toilet, kick the door down. Look, he's just a bloke having a shit the same as everyone, right? That would de- that would kind of humanise him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas this is a bit Quite like, extreme, that, but yeah. Th- this is was. a bit like, I've I just could... seen him and he's four times bigger than I thought. Yeah. That's making it worse. You can't describe him as some kind of Thanos and think you're going to humanise him. I think if, now you've described him shitting, I sort of imagine <laughs> it in like a very... Very precisely formed turds. Oh, yeah, he would be perfect in it, I'm sure. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's got like a surrogate. Someone else does yeah. it for him. The he shitting. Defi- he definitely yeah. takes his top off when he takes a- goes for a shit, Ronaldo. Just to check they're all still there. Oh, yeah. I reckon he's got a mirror in every Just to place. check they're all still there. All the abs. The abs. One, two, three, four. What, in case he shits one out? <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. Now, fish. <laughs> I know we've talked about this before, but that's not exactly how it works. Uh, something else we've talked about before is um, this automated VAR. It's going to happen. It's 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 on. But Jerry Barton's not convinced. He says that the secret to better refereeing is that ex I mean, we've talked about this before, haven't we? The idea of ex-professionals being encouraged to become referees. We've got all we've got to get all these football people back into football in some way. We could be missing out on some of the best referees ever here. We could be missing out on some of the best referees ever here. Yeah. Could we, Vish? Yeah. I Would mean, you want us to do five different versions of that and just <laughs> let the producer pick the best one? <laughs> Avant-garde way of reading a sentence. I was, I was actually... Confuse me and I'm looking at the sentence. <laughs> I was actually riffing off of Vish's full to score last week. Yeah, I don't know. What, I think I short-circuited there for a moment. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, f- f- let's just start with how Joey Barton treated referees. <laughs> Let's just start right there. Yeah. Because if you're, if he's trying to encourage referees coming into the game, he should have thought about that maybe 20 years ago <laughs> when he thought, you know what, I'm going to be the biggest shit on the field imaginable. Yeah. What Joe Barton's done there is he's walked into a crowded bar in non-pandemic times, windmilled about 15 people, and then said to the landlord, what you need in here is less fights. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's partly your fault that referees <laughs> bit, aren't bit quiet, isn't it? It's partly your fault that referees aren't really respected <laughs> or perhaps aren't that confident. You're part of the reason. But that aside, I do at least on one level kind of agree with this. So I think that some, some not all, but some of the issues we have with refereeing is that they don't necessarily have the most amount of empathy about what players are going through in the decision-making process at key moments, right? I don't think that's necessarily and, true. But sorry, go on. I was, I was just gonna, yeah. And the other point I was going to make is that um, they're also obviously really good athletes, which is a really big barrier to, to refereeing at the very um, top level because you need the authority and the experience, but you also need to be fit enough. And I've tried doing the referee's fitness test and it's impossible. So you have to be, you have to be both those things. So, so anyway, that's, that's just kind of my initial take on it. So the thing about that is referees play football. It is part of their training to mm. play football regularly. So, you know, while they obviously don't play anywhere near that level, they are aware of how, you know, the, the movements and also the issues that you can encounter when you need to make a split-second split decision as a footballer, whether it's going in late into, to a tackle. And so they know how these situations arise when they see them on a football pitch when they're refereeing. 
I think they're always just bound by how nonsensical some of the laws are and yeah. therefore find themselves in a bind where they yeah. they look like they don't know anything about the game. I don't think having footballers in there will change that at all. Because they have to follow the rules. That's all. Yeah, exactly. It, what, okay, what you will get maybe then is some footballers going a bit rogue and essentially... That's not what we Yeah, want. Well, you know, making incorrect, you know, for the letter of the law, incorrect decisions. Um so I don't necessarily think it's a remedy. It would be quite interesting to see. I can't imagine too many players at a certain I level would be, would be interested <laughs> they won't, in They won't that. want yeah. to. That's why it's not happened. They won't yeah. want to. Yeah. Good idea. Full, full points for imagination, Jerry. Are we saying that Jerry should lead by example and be the first one? I think imagine that would be absolutely that. brilliant. Be like when Stone Cold Steve Austin was guest referee. Poach his own gamekeeper. Great. In good refereeing news, Rebecca Welch is the first female referee to be appointed to officiate an EFL game ever. She's on Monday taking charge of Harrogate Town against... Port Vale so that's nice hopefully she will be better than these semi-automated offside de- decisions probably not actually but anyway that the Premier League are hoping to introduce by 2022 which is where we started that chat yeah shall we have a game yeah let's have a game go on then Barton might have gone and Trevino did why Barton well because he grabbed him by the throat well I just thought that uh, <laughs> firstly the guys dived <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff pards. <laughs> it's time for play your pards right the gift that keeps on giving. And I do agree with a lot of the listeners and, and when, when they're probably thinking, I don't know if you could squeeze any more juice out of the Alan Pardew fruit. <laughs> I'm here to prove them wrong. We have been able to do that. Um, one of our listeners named the game Play Your Pards Right. So we're going to play. Um, you guys know the rules by now. Andy Brassel still holds the record with seven. He is the standard bearer for this game. Why are you mentioning him? This is like, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo's out yeah. there. Try not to be shit. He did it all in um, He did it all in Portuguese as well. <laughs> they didn't really. Um, but so, yeah, that's the standard you've got to try and reach. You guys are going to work together. It's a higher or lower game. It's fairly simple. If you haven't heard the show before or you haven't heard this game before, you'll pick it up pretty quick. But the first thing I need you to do between you is to pick a number between one and five. Two. Two, okay, great. Vicious you always pish, pish. You always pish. <laughs> you always pish four normally. Carry on. Number two is uh, Premier League appearances. Premier League appearances. Oh, no. That's quite interesting. What was it last week? Premier League goals, goals. wasn't it? That was yeah. quite good, yeah. Be yeah, okay. bold, Vish. So, Come so on. You've got ten You're house... playing with me. Oh, sledge me. Yeah. Go I'm saying together. be positive. Be yeah, confident. but not with that face. <laughs> ten household names. <laughs> ten <laughs> household names. <laughs> Go. Can you successfully navigate the stormy waters of which of them has appeared more times in the Premier League than the others? The starting player, as ever, is Alan Pardew, um, who at the time of recording has zero Premier League appearances. Uh, and he probably won't add to that between recording and release. So we're pretty safe on that ground. Um, so zero for Alan Pardew. Um, and worth pointing out that all these stats come directly from the official Premier League website. So, um, argue with that. So, suck on that. Um, first player, yeah, is James Milner. Has he had more or less, or more of your higher or lower Premier League appearances than Alan Pardew? Zero, more pretty easy. <laughs> Why one. are you looking at me like, oh, yeah. what do you think? Because <laughs> I wonder what you're gonna do. <laughs> Fairly obviously, he has. That's correct. So, you've got one point. James Milner has notched up at the time of recording 558. Oh, bloody hell. That's Premier League appearances. That, it? It's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. Your next player, higher or lower than 558, your next player, Scott Parker. Lower. Lower, surely. Yeah, final answer. That's correct. That's two correct. Um, Scott Parker has notched up 368. Very impressive. Very good. Okay. Writing these down. He's going to tell us anyway. No, but it's hard to hold them in your mind. Go. Um, Your mind. Next player, higher or lower than 368, Aaron Ramsey. 
Lower? You think lower? Lower. Okay. That's correct. You got three. You're doing all right. You're not like that people, those people on who wants to be a millionaire. Who you were the totally channeling Chris Tarrant. That's exactly what yeah. I was seeing there. I well, got it. I am available. Jeremy Clarkson doing it now. I don't think he's that good at it. I'm available. I didn't know that. Um, so you got three points. How many? Three. No, Two, how many appearances? Give me a moment to host a fucking show. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Wouldn't happen, to the rest of it. wouldn't happen to Tarrant this, would it? No, it wouldn't happen with Jules. She just swears. Yeah. Um, Aaron Ramsey's notched up 262. So that's three you've got in the bag. The next player, higher or lower than 262, David De Gea. Surely higher. He's played so many fucking games of football. That lad. Yeah. You look worried. Oh, because no, no, it's, it. it's your bloke. He's your, Ooh. Bl- he's your bloke. Higher or lower than 262, David De Gea. Going to need an answer from you. So Ramsey was the guy before. Surely more. What's wrong? The maths. <laughs> it's just the maths. <laughs> No, yeah, okay. Go more. Okay, you want to go higher? Both of you, final answer? Yeah. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. What happened there? It was, like, it was short-circuiting. No, because I, I was doing the uh, essentially 7 times 38 and then I was like, okay, but what about when he... Well, it's not even that close, actually, Vish, interestingly enough. 337. Oh, wow, there you go. More I might just take it from here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so the next player, has he, got, has he notched up more, higher or lower than 337 appearances? It's Peter Crouch. Mm. You got four. It's not bad. It's not bad. You did him bad. the other day, didn't you? What was that? Goals? That was goals, yeah. He's got over 100 goals. He must have... Just over 100 goals. Okay. Is he scoring 30% of the time? Introducing another maths flavour. Into <laughs> oh, yeah. Fish looks like he's losing his mind. <laughs> Higher or lower than 337 appearances. See, he's a confidence player. I feel, like he, I feel like we didn't... I was trying to boost your confidence. I'll tell I... you what shot his confidence to bits last week was Eric Cantona. He didn't know where to go. Yeah, he didn't I know lost, which I way to turn. Yeah. He lost his head. Okay, so look. He played for a lot of teams. He scored a lot of goals. Let's yeah, we go could, higher. we could, we could loot game it, couldn't we? Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's go higher. Okay, is that your answer? Yeah. Yes. That's correct. You got five. Four hundred and sixty-eight oh, appearances. Four hundred and sixty-eight. Loads more. Your next player for number six, higher or lower than four hundred and sixty-eight, is Fizzer Phil Neville. Higher or lower than four hundred and sixty-eight Premier League appearances in his career. Don't know. The lower. Let's go lower. Yeah, still lower. All right. Lower your side. Okay. I'm afraid you're wrong. Oh, fuck. You lose. Yeah. Clearly they need help. (laughs) (laughs) 505 appearances for Phil Neville. 505. So you got five questions right. Andy Brassel, still the record holder. Thanks for playing uh, Play Your Pards right. Another round of that next week. Will anyone take the crown off the big man? It doesn't look likely at this point. Bearing in mind that Brassel was playing on his own as well. I hurried us there, Vish. Sorry, mate. After all that, he's not looking. At me. He won't look at me. Let me add a little bit of spice. Are you going to look at me? That. Are we going to have to make up? Let's chat after the show. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm absolutely terrified, and I want to stay in here forever. <laughs> um, guys, let's do a blow by blow account of every single goal that happened last night. Um, more football, more inter- more delicious international football for you to come tonight. Of course, England host Poland. Kick off at 7.45. Luckily, actually, Luke Moore, the England under-21s go up against Croatia at five. So you'll have plenty of time to watch that and give it your full attention and really enjoy it. If A.D. Brufoy spent more time doing his job and less time talking about how hard his job was, he might be doing his job better. That would be my take on that. Clown of a man. Yeah, absolute disgrace, in my opinion. In the grown-up internationals, it's England-Poland. Have Poland earned the right to face Gareth's brave boys? Find out. We'll all be watching together. 
on the Patreon. Uh, it's a live watch along. Join us if you want. Patreon.com slash Football Ramble. On tomorrow's show, it's Jules, Pete and Andy. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Vish. Goodbye to Luke only. <laughs> oh, I don't want to leave. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.